What's that? C24. It's your Carmack's life. No. They could save you. No way. Forget it. You're bleeding to death. Brother, I know you. Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something that we're feeling nostalgic for, we then revisit and review it to find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I'm your host, Michael Gerbaz, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co host, Connor O'Keen. Simplify, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Faithful <laughs> to the core. <laughs> Etc. God damn, dude. Um, this movie's got me feeling like a big, strong man. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Let's get into it. Jesus Let's Christ. Let's get into it. If you if you were yeah somehow starting this episode completely blind, you may not actually uh, pick it from from that little uh, bit just then. Yeah, and if you didn't pick it, close the podcast now. Pansies need not apply, man. You, you call yourself a fucking <laughs> movie enjoyer, nostalgia haver. <laughs> uh, we are hitting up the 2005 film adaptation of uh, the video game Doom. With story by Dave Callahan and screenplay co-written by Dave Callahan and Wesley Strick and directed by Andre Batkoyak. The film stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, mm-hmm. Carl Urban, uh, Rosamund Pike. But they're they're the big they're the big hitters. Those are the big hitters slash Roseman Pike, who is slumming it in this fucking movie. Well, no, that's what I mean. Like, uh, even if you're like, oh, The Rock, he's not a very good actor by the standards of in 2005 when this movie was made. None mm. of these were like huge, huge names. Mm, okay. And now, so many years on, like, The Rock is, like, the highest paid actor in the world. Sure, but The Rock still belongs in a movie he's like still, this. Yes, Rosamund Pike yes. does not. No, 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 she does not. Yeah, she's she's fucking gone girl, man. Like, it's a d- totally different league. But then Carl uh-huh. Urban, like, we've had, like, Dread and The Boys since then. Yeah, sure. And sure. so he's also, like, this fucking he big name. Yeah. He kind of fits, but also, like, he's way fucking... Too good for this movie. Most people are too good for this movie. Uh, that'll be a recurring, uh, I think, theme as, as we uh, talk more about this movie. Uh, but first, <laughs> let's talk about the plot. <laughs> Space Marines are sent to investigate strange events at a research facility on Mars, but find themselves at the mercy of genetically enhanced killing machines. If you went, hey, that doesn't sound like Doom. That's all right. <laughs> so did every fan in 2005. Yeah, you wouldn't be alone. Did you check their necks? Were there open wounds on their necks? We were conducting a firefight, not an autopsy. I, I kid a little bit. I joke because this was my pick because obviously I was fond of it. Yeah. I'm still kind of fond of it in a funny way. Okay, um, all right, cool. Uh, and, and also just like a huge fan of the Doom franchise just in general. Sure, sure. Yeah, you're a you're a bigger fan of the Doom franchise uh, in general than I am, and you are very clearly a bigger fan of this movie than I am. I'm glad we're going to have some contrasting opinions. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some some overlap in terms of what we appreciate about this movie. Appreciate might not be the right word, but you know, in spite of ourselves, yeah, uh, yeah, like for about sure. this movie. 
I think there's definitely um, yeah. stuff in spite of. But I'm yeah, keen yeah. to hear what your thoughts were going into this because you were like, okay, this is going to be trash. Like, I, well, I look, got the vibe that you were like, this is going to be like a dumpster fire kind of movie. Yeah, well, this is a movie that I, I saw it back in 2005. I saw it back in, oh, okay. uh, I want to say, yeah, 2005 or 2006. I saw it um, when it came out on DVD. Uh, obviously didn't see it in cinemas, but um, yeah, I sure. did get around to seeing it. Maybe not the year it came out, maybe not even the year after, but I saw it kind of in the, in the, in the window of time where I was starting to watch, you know, I'd seen Aliens, I'd seen a bunch of the movies that this movie wishes it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I felt as though I was the target audience for this movie. It was a movie that I remember, uh, you know, the the friend in year eight that we used to trade movies back and forth, being like, "You got to watch this man. It's so cool. It's got all these cool lines." And da, 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 da. and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really like it." And this was, I feel like we've talked about another movie in a similar way, but this was one of the first examples of me watching a movie and going, "I don't think this is very good." <laughs> okay. You know, I, like, yeah, I really, I really found this movie. Uh, I don't know if I could put my finger on it as a kid. I don't even. I don't know if I had the confidence to find these words for it. But this is a fucking ugly, stupid, nasty movie. Okay, that's that's how I feel about it. Now there is fun to be had in ugly, stupid, nasty things, but fundamentally, that's how I feel about this movie. Okay, that's that's yeah. fair. I think I can I can understand where you would get some of those words from so i'm keen to to jump into that further as well as the fact that i'm i I thought you hadn't seen the film and this was going to be your first watch so that's interesting no 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 i I only saw it once as a kid because it really it it did nothing for me okay i I watched it when i was like the target demographic it should have got me you know when it did and it didn't yeah well for me i watched it uh many more times than just once although i didn't Mm -hmm. get to see it at the cinema i don't know why uh, it maybe had like a, a more limited release because there was there was shit going on in 2005 that I was going to see at the cinema that was as bad as that. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't for the, the the graphic rating. Maybe it was. Maybe it was like it was hard well, to I mean, get it in. Was, it was rated MA. So unless you were yeah. sneaking in or the, the you know the place you went to just didn't give a fuck about we age. um we rolled the dice on a lot of those movies mm. and so yeah sometimes it paid off sometimes it didn't so maybe this was one of the times I- it didn't. Again, uh, I, I, I know that feeling. The uh, I rolled the dice to see Hot Fuzz for the first time in cinemas and it fucking paid off, baby. Hell yeah. Brilliant. But uh, no, it was often, not often did the, the dice land in my favour on that. Well, speaking about dice rolling, I had a, a problem where I watched the film, uh, my friend had like a pirate copy of it, so I saw it before it came to DVD. Right, yeah, that is a roll of the dice. Did you have people standing up in the in the shots and stuff? Uh, yeah, sort of a little bit. It was, you know, yeah, it was a it was a dirty, ugly <laughs> copy of a dirty, <laughs> ugly film. <laughs> wow. So no, but I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I was really keen to get the DVD, and then I was rolling the dice, going to the Big W at my 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 local Big W was like a couple of towns over, but it was basically one of the only stores that you could like buy DVDs at a decent retail price and the Mm. lady at the register didn't want to sell it to me because it was ma and i can't remember if i was at the right age at that point yet when i bought it and i only had like a student card because i never had a real id i had my student card from my school and whether she didn't take that or whether i was still under 15 and she was like nah you can't and i was like oh now i've got to fucking like because i was like with a mate 
And we like walked back to his house and then mum came and picked me up. And then like I got my mum to drive me back to the big W. And I feel like yeah, we like we yeah. went to the same like checkout of the lady. And I was like, yeah, see, I told you my mum <laughs> said I could buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Get shit on. Uh, so that was a little bit of a annoyance, a roundabout way that I had to do. But then I finally had the DVD and I was stoked and I rewatched it many a time. And enjoyed watching some of the special features as well. Getting a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff was fun and cute as well. Uh Uh, But yeah, I think that at the time of when I saw it, there was a little bit of or or a big bit of this is like many video game adaptations, like completely flipping the script and going, oh, where the fuck did this come from? I thought they were supposed to be demons coming from hell. Nah, nah, let's just like, let's just have some of the characters call this place hell figuratively yeah Yeah. and you're like oh okay (laughs) fuck that's too bad no portal to hell getting opened up on mars no get fucked yeah yeah basically it's uh they take some liberties it comes from the resident evil school of film adaptations this is its tongue this is brain matter from portman this is from destroyer It's choosing, John. It's choosing who to infect. For sure. Um, So there was definitely some things that have changed from the source material, but I think my my enthusiasm and love for the franchise as a a child made my brain overlook those things that today, those would be the biggest sticking out points of me being like, that's not canon. They they ruined the source material. But I was so... Uh, keen just to be getting a doom film back then mm. uh like there hadn't been uh, that many film adaptations of video games to like there'd been some shit ones because for sure mario <laughs> brothers had happened in the 80s like there's of been course. a long line of bad video game movie adaptations but uh like yeah i think i still had a bit of um there was like a spark of enthusiasm and possibility that it could be yes. good i wasn't dead yes. inside yet from no from that no, kind no, of no. i know exactly what you're film. describing yes I still kind of enjoy stuff today, but I think it's less of the me convincing myself I like it because it's Doom and more the other inspirations that it's kind of drawing on that I can go, oh, yeah, like they're trying to do a this and a that and I I kind of I like that for it. And, you know, it's a fairly like reasonably budgeted kind of sci-fi horror film where you go like there's a lot of like, you know, hallway sets and corridors that they're yep. reusing in in ways it's it really reminded me a lot watching it this time thinking about analyzing it it reminded me a lot of um what was that fucking werewolf movie we did a million years ago a dog soldiers yeah it reminded me of dog soldiers of that real mm. like hey we want to be predator and aliens in this like little house but yeah, let's sure, have it be werewolves budget. This is very much like a, hey, what if it was like our, we want to make a kind of Predator movie where it's this elite squad of dudes that are getting picked off one by one. and But it's also space marines, like aliens, and they're getting sent to this yeah. planet to like find missing colonists and stuff. And there's, you know, suspense and there's action and there's horror and there's supposed to be quippy banter and dialogue and all this stuff. I can kind of find the charm in that. Even though they're like, sure, but let's sure. do that to the Doom franchise. Like, let's stick yeah, Doom on top yeah. of that. I don't know if it was actually written as a Doom film originally or whether they went, we can 
we can do a little bit of Frankenstein's monster here and turn it into a script yep. for Doom. Uh, I don't know, like, yeah, what the the writer and director's backgrounds are, that whether this was some sort of like, you know, you know, first film, first big, you know, opportunity to make this thing that they wanted to make. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think it's entirely creatively bankrupt in terms of the people behind it not giving a shit in what they were making. Sure, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that much. Yes. The kind of movie that they are making and, and yeah, some of the- the writing isn't good and and all that stuff and certain things of the time, 2000s-isms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are not so great. I, I think the the comparison to Dog Soldiers kind of makes me feel makes me feel a little more, I guess, generous towards it because I think that's a fairly yeah. apt comparison. Yeah. Um, I think Dog Soldiers pulls it off <laughs> far better for my tastes. Yeah, like it's fun and, it's- and it's got that, like, that cult film kind of quality to yeah, it where the, I think- the, the bad video game adaptation of Doom doesn't isn't going to find this like little niche no, of a, no. and of I a think- cult film. It's going to have yeah. this huge audience of people that love Doom that were yeah. disappointed with it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and and I think Dog Soldiers like brings something new to the, the genre. It does something uh, new and fun with the werewolf movie and the werewolf mythos. Yeah. Whereas this just does everything wrong with the Doom mythos, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if, uh, like almost you could imagine maybe it would be hard to pull off with the kind of budget and scope that they had. But if they had gone a bit heavier into the Doom mythos, like when I think about movies that are like, it's hell sort of stuff, like literal mm. hell and demons from another world sort of thing, the only kind of- Things that really pop to mind immediately. Maybe I'm just uh, I'm gonna show how stupid I am for not thinking of something. But like I've recently just watched Hellraiser, so there's mm-hmm. that quality and aspect to it. And sure. Event Horizon is a very I was similar say kind Event of Horizon, thing. Yeah. But even when I think of like what the video games of Doom are, it's like it's so hardcore heavy metal kind of visions of hell. Yeah. That you almost need to go a little bit more like like take that. That idea of hell, like Hellraiser and Event Horizon, but like double down on it even more to what mm. like Doom tr- truly is, and yeah, you could yeah. show people something new that they haven't seen before. Yes, because like I feel like uh, like a almost the tone that you could uh, a little bit, maybe not a hundred percent, but I feel like maybe I'll win you over with another comparison. Is if you took the kind of energetic, insane violence of an Evil Dead 2 and an Army of Darkness mm. and went really balls to the wall. Like, yeah, we're in hell and there's demons and stuff and we're being hyper-violent and yes. heavy metal about it. Yeah. That could be a cool, uh, yeah, a cool thing to show and, uh, yeah, take it in a place that it's not yeah, just a, think- a, a, a poor man's aliens and predator. Combined. Yes, absolutely. I don't think a, a Doom movie is impossible to pull off. I think it just needs to be pulled off by people with a better understanding of what Doom is and mm. the tone of Doom and who aren't trying to make a different film. Totally. You know? But I think, to, to be fair, though, uh, because, yes, I am a huge Doom fan, absolute mm-hmm. huge fanboy. Uh, I was playing the original... Uh, and like yeah, Doom one and two, we were still playing it in like primary school in year five and six on our like class computers. Mm, yeah, and we'd be doing death matches and co-op and all this stuff. 
because yeah, they weren't they weren't particularly upgraded PCs in our classroom, but it was like it doesn't matter, it can run Doom, and that was a yeah. fucking hell of a lot of fun. Then before this film came out, Doom Three comes out. This is what I was going to ask you: Is this more akin to Doom Three? It is. I was okay. a massive fan of Doom Three at the time as well. It was that like technological breakthrough of like this is the most next gen thing you've ever seen in a video game, and yeah. it, a game had never made me so like scared by the environmental lighting and atmosphere and and everything. Mm. And then as years would go by, I would return to the original Dooms and go, oh yeah, Doom 3 kind of is tonally clashing with what Doom is as well. Yeah, yeah, which is a big criticism of that. Yeah, that that is what the criticism is now. And when I go back and play Doom 3, I go, oh, it is really slow and sluggish and heavy. And Doom Mm. is like lightning fast. And Doom 3 is so Mm. slow and it's not as balls to the wall action it's very quiet and dark and then oh shit something jumped out at you and it's all these monsters jumping out of closets and it was really fucking effective at being scary mm. but to be f- that criticism is fair that it isn't akin to what doom that 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 iconic doom atmosphere is and yeah. so now uh many years later we've got the resurgence of doom 2016 that is taking mm. some of those kind of uh design and uh, qualities of what Doom 3 kind of gave us in terms of what a modern Doom should look like, mm-hmm. but still very much heavily leaning back into the cartoonish demon designs of the originals and the hyper-violence and the heavy metal music and, and mm. all of that, that that comes with the legacy of Doom. So this is very much a movie that is, it doesn't know tonally what to do because I think yep. at times it is tonally torn between being a Doom 3 adaptation Mm. or being an original doom adaptation Mm, sure and talking about uh rosman pike being fucking yeah like this movie's beneath her as i was sitting through the credits i'm like holy shit this film score was by clint mansell who did the fountain (laughs) wow and when you hear the score for this music it is so like neutered that it yeah. feels like, you know, he just didn't, wasn't given that opportunity to really, like, show his chops of what he could do. And it feels like part of that tonal clash is that there is, like, a there is a classic kind of nod uh, to the original Doom in, the, uh, like, a classic piece of the score. You hear it most prominently when, when the rock, when the Sarge goes into the room to get the BFG. Yeah, and you hear that kind of like, doom, 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 doom. But it's it's like with a guitar instead of like the MIDI of the original game. But it's really like low and quiet. It's not this like hyper cool, balls to the wall, loud and in charge sort of thing. And it's like, so he snuck it in there and it's like, he's doing the legacy proud of like that that sound profile. Yeah, he's trying. But there's kind of barely ever a time that you can go, no, let's actually like hear the score properly and let's put it at full volume and have it blaring and have all the violence. Yeah, they, yeah. They kind of like try to do with the first person shooter sequence at the end. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's like doing that in live action at the time, it's kind of slow compared to when you look at what like Doom 2016 gameplay looks like. Exactly. It's like trivially it looks slow. And so trivial, the music yeah. 
the first person shooting couldn't keep up with the music if they did go balls to the wall. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that that that's um something I had here written down was a couple of things that you've already mentioned. The the music, I felt like the soundtrack overall is kind of middling. Yeah. Um, and in this really strange way, and you've you've kind of nailed it. Um, and the first person sequence is like, I guess this is cool. I I don't know. Like it comes at a point like by that point in the movie, you've sat through so much stupid, ugly nonsense. Uh. And like absurd character stuff, the whole the whole thing with the kid and yeah. Portman is just disgusting. Port- yeah, I mean, Portman is he is played absolute. incredibly well by Richard Brake. Yeah, perfect, perfect casting, perfect casting, good really great performance of that stuff. But it's just it's disgusting stuff. It is, it is um, disgusting. Even, stuff. even for the time, I remember really rubbing me up the wrong way. It feels like it's trying to do the gritty, tough space marine thing from Aliens, but kind of missing any of the charm that oh, those characters have for sure you know absolutely it's it's just gross and yeah no it's really gross and it's not written gross in a way where like yeah some of the characters look at him like you're fucked up and sick but yeah. it's not in that way of like no we know that this character is fucked up and and awful but we've put him into the film for this reason and yeah. we're showing that in a negative light and it actually plays into something and there's a reason for it yeah. and yada yada. Or at the very least, he gets killed first. It's like, no, he lasts ages and the yeah. way he does die doesn't feel, um, I don't know, <laughs> did, yeah. did, not, did not satisfy. Sometimes you can see a way of them putting some of that stuff in that's truly uh, offensive and go, okay, but I don't feel like you truly believe this. So I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, and that's yeah, all right. Sure. And then there's some stuff where you go, "This is kind of your thing that you keep." The the more of the stuff I see, what yeah. you write, you keep writing this kind of thing into it constantly. It, exactly, it, exactly. It, it feels really gross and not like you're uh, being self aware or doing it for a reason or something. No, it's just like, yeah, no, that's just straight up like pretty pretty naff. Yeah, I'll just say real quickly because I got plenty more to say on on all of that. But um, the first person sequence, it, it looks like the sort of thing that would have worked really well as a really cool fan film. Yeah, you know, yeah, just that yeah. that five minute sequence, you'd go, "Wow, cool!" Imagine if they made a whole movie like that, <laughs> you know. And then this is what you get. Yeah, this yeah, is, you get what you fucking deserve. Again, like it's a pity because, like, yeah, one, it's it's a it lacks kind of energy. Like, I was getting ready for that moment being like, nah, man, I'm going to fucking defend the hell out of this. This is fucking (laughs) fun and cool. Like, it is Doom, the original. Like, you know, it is the thing that before we had a name for it, before it was called first-person shooters, they were called Doom clones. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, fuck yeah, let's, let's like, you know, 100% own that and put that in the movie. But then, yeah, Mm. when I watch it, I go, it is really, really slow. It Mm. doesn't have that kind of energy that it actually needs. No, and it feels kind of like, um, I guess it's in keeping with the rest of the film, the dumbest possible way to adapt the source material, like mm. yeah, to, yeah. to try and capture some of the the essence of the source material. The rest of the movie doesn't feel like Doom, so they put this first-person sequence in there. Yeah, exactly. that might feel like Doom, like, ah, oh, shit. And then even then it, it feels, yeah, kind of um, stagnant. Yeah, and it, it just stands out as this, like, yeah, this one thing that it's like, yeah, maybe if you made it a bit more like Doom, you could have it be more balls to the wall over the top. And so you mm. could be throwing in little like 30 second chunks of first person shooter four or five, six times throughout the movie. And it's over the top and stupid and ridiculous. But in an Evil Dead 2 style of way, you could get away with that kind of 
violence yeah, and horror. Yeah, exactly. And- do something with the like. There's all these. There's all these um, elements of this plot that don't fucking go anywhere. Like uh, the whole thing with the drugs. The kid asks for those drugs, and his eyes are like dilated or whatever. Like make that part of it. Like these. These. What do you call it? these disgusting? You know, machismo overload. Uh, space marines they're like also junkies like really lean into them being awful they have to take they have to like take some fucking space drug to like g themselves up to to tackle these missions totally and every time they do you go into first person mode and it's gratuitous and fucked up and insane yeah I'm you know fucking loving that already that make sounds it amazing. make it a yeah, make it a recurring thing. I mean, um, there's that movie, that 2015 Hardcore Henry. Yeah. Have you heard of, of that? Yes, yes. That was- shows that you can do this sort of thing. There's plenty of examples of, like, a first-person action sequence and again, like, that have been made since. And, again, the kind of speed and energy of Hardcore Henry is mm. fucking insane to, to the mm-hmm. point of, yeah, you might get motion sick watching that movie, but, hell, yeah. that – that guy originally did make a short film that was all in first person and people were like, well, imagine a whole movie like that. And he fairly pulled it off from what I've heard mm. uh, where this is like, yeah, it does seem tame by comparison of what Hardcore Henry has been able to do. Yeah. But yeah, like it's it, it does seem at odds because the way that they're writing these characters is so like on the nose, the dialogue. It's not this like fun, charming banter that we had from Alien or even like Predator is less charming a little bit more on the nose. It's a little bit more schlocky, B-grady yeah, yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, but it's a bunch but there of there is a charm to one- it. One-liners, yeah, yeah. And and again, there is that like that macho-ness. Of- and the the one-liners work. That's the problem. Is the yeah. one-liners work? None of the one-liners. None of the the things that you would imagine they wanted to laugh out of in this movie work. No, 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 no. Or, or, or they want not a laugh out of, but you know, like a boner out of. I've I've said before in other horror movie things, I can't remember what it is, but like when they go like, oh, let's throw in some tits just in the oh, middle yeah. of all the gore and yeah, shit. And you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I fucking hate this. What is this supposed to be? This isn't titillating. This isn't horrifying. It's just it's just terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. no, these characters, they seem like they're so over the top, gruff, tough, mean. And dangerous that they all like hate each other. That there's like kind of banter, but they're all like threatening to like, I don't need a reason to kill you, so don't give me one sort of thing. Yeah, it would make more sense for them to be even hyper. Yeah, like yeah, let's juice ourselves up to go into yeah, battle. Yeah, because we're used to going to like different planets of all these different atmospheres and stuff. And yeah, yeah, like lean into like take it to Starship Troopers level of kind yeah, of absurd, absolutely, you know, like. Hundred percent. That kind of treatment would have worked for the Doom thing as well. You yes. Know? Yeah. 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 That would have really Make worked. It, you know, absurd comic book levels of shit. This is. But um, instead, we get these like moments of like, no, they're part of the U.S. military. You're like, wait, what? Why? They're, yeah. They're yeah, actually yeah, part yeah, of the yeah, Marines. Yeah. Like, I don't get the vibe of that. I feel like, or even in Aliens, they're not like government soldiers. They're company soldiers. They're just like hired guns. They're mercenaries. Yes. These guys yeah. seem like way more fucking dog shit pieces <laughs> of shit mercenaries. Yeah. That like yeah. The Rock has a Semper Fi tattoo on his shoulders and he's yeah. all like, oh, yeah, the Marines and the Corps. And it's like, yeah, you yeah. guys are a bunch of like, yeah, backwater mercenaries that are like, yeah, trigger happy that like killing civilians. Exactly. Yeah. Sure, there's probably, you know, enough dudes like that in the regular Marines as well, but, but again, like, like let's make do that the, part of the thing. Lean make into that part that. of the thing. Yeah, this this feels completely like lacking in self awareness or uh, any kind of tongue in cheek. You know, 
the, the tongue is not in 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 <laughs> cheek. It's 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 up the rock's ass, dude. Yeah. It's just like yeah, machismo overload. Everyone is so fucking stupid and gross. Um, and and all of these like interactions between characters, all of the things that are supposed to seem significant to characters are impressions of significant moments <laughs> from other movies, from better movies. You oh, know, man. like the 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 fucking the 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 intro of the kid is so stupid and so weird because we don't like the way the movie's shot. It's all coverage. It's all cutaways of these different characters interacting. And it's not until the kid is literally addressed in the room that we see him. Kid, son, you are now in the Rapid Response Tactical Squad, the double RTS. Fall in. And, and then you just go, wait, where was this kid that we've been showing so much of this space? We've seen so many characters and this kid was there, there the whole time. And, and they introduce him in a way that like makes you think, okay, is, is, is he our protagonist then? Uh, like, is he going to be our our entry point into this world? But no, Carl Urban's our protagonist. Yes, yeah. What the fuck is going on in this movie? Like, it's it's an impression of a movie, mm. and a, not a very good one at that. Oh, but but Goat is the hyper religious one that oh, carves oh, crucifixes God. into his arm when he swears. Oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> no. And and yeah, those those lines like you know, oh, uh, you hesitate, people die, and and shit like that. It's like, uh, okay, I guess that's gonna come back, but it doesn't. No. Like none of these things that are set up as like this is gonna come back in a significant way do because they don't know how storytelling actually works. No, they've just seen a bunch of movies. Yeah, and, and in the, the the same way, the movie is like you're saying, it's not tongue and it's not tongue and cheek at all. It's not self aware. It's trying to be this like grounded sibling story about Carl Urban and Rosamund Pike's character. And Dude. It's like, we don't care. Like, no. No, she- who fucking cares in a Doom movie? Yeah. We've got the fucking flashback where he looks out the window and we hear the sounds. <laughs> I mean, it's like the thing in Team America where he's imagining the, the mon- he's remembering the monkeys eating or beating his brother to death to try and get blueberries out of his pocket. It's that. <laughs> it's that. And the and then the rock comes in and he's like, "Is this, this where it happened?" happened? <laughs> Is that like that's the first thing you'd ask? Like that's what you would assume when you're walking down a friend looking out a window? Yeah. Fuck me. And then and their dynamic as well. Like at first, it's like they they've got a kind of like uh, it's it's maybe brotherly or certainly they're they're close. It seems like Sarge seems to be looking out for him. Not this time, John. What? We can handle this one. You're bullshitting me. Uh, I'm not bullshitting. Going to Olduvai. Olduvai? Take the leave. Is that an order? It's a recommendation. See you when I get back. But then Carl's like, I'm going to come anyway. And, Carl, and Sarge's response is like, it looks kind of like, you know, God damn, you can take the boy out of the war, but you can't take the war out of the boy or some shit. Like, it, it doesn't look like he's got this kind of respect for him. And yeah, Sarge doesn't seem like he's got ulterior motives or anything until suddenly he does. Until suddenly he that he's they, they want to write a what's the guy's name? I can't remember the character's name, but the guy from Aliens, Burke. Burke, exactly. They're trying to write a Burke character style twist in this thing because that's what happened in Aliens. Hmm. And it's like, yeah, but that happened in Aliens because 
it was compelling and, and interesting in Aliens. Here it's fucking mental. And, yeah, like, it's, it's weird because I can see... So Doom 3, it is, yes, tonally not quite as uh, true to what a lot of the core things of the original Doom is, but mm. beautiful, immaculate, like, cool sci-fi research base plasma technology, all of these cool doodads and what's-its and stuff. And you rock up as, like, you're a transferred Marine to Mars. And then these Mm. other guys rock up and they're like, we're doing, like, a fucking safety audit inspection thing and we're going to fucking shut you down if you don't comply or whatever. And that Mm. dude from the company has, like, his muscle that is, like, the fucking big sergeant dude. And he's kind of bald like the rock. And- Mm. Spoilers for Doom 3, he does go, get turned crazy and becomes a boss, but he gets, like, you know, infected by the the crazy psychological powers of hell and he becomes a fucking, like, like half-tank, half-human monstrosity that you fight. And it's like, yeah. go even harder into it than, like, oh, he got infected with the with the... 23rd pair of chromosomes and so now he's got <laughs> now he's got fangs and bigger cheekbones in the final fight and they're kind of yeah. kind of like superhumanish fights it's like no make him a fucking make him a fucking cronenberg monster yeah yes 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 do something like that with it just yeah, yeah. which they kind of do with the guy in the the space wheelchair yeah pinky but it happens off it happens off screen and it kind of like i was looking at it going why did he turn into that when everyone else turned into like kind of humanoid monsters? What's this weird space dog thing? I, well, I looked up. I was like, just because that was an enemy design in Doom Three. That's because it was an enemy design in Doom Three. There was just the Doom. There was like, yeah, they they. He's called Pinky. Mm. I loved this as a kid watching this because he's called Pinky. There was a type of demon in the original Doom called Pinky Demon. They called mm. it a Pinky Demon because it was a pink skin colored fucking demon. That's yeah. what it, its deal was. Doom 3 comes around and we're getting all these like really gross and disgusting reinterpretations of the monsters. Mm-hmm. And so that pinky demon is like a dog-like, really big, but dog-like on all fours. But for some reason, the back half of it is like robot legs. Yeah. And so in this movie, they went, what if a man with wheelchair body <laughs> turns into turns that? into pinky. <laughs> yeah, right. Which like- yeah, I loved at the time, but like it's yeah, yeah it's this weird like so I mean, out I would of the have way. loved to have seen how that happened. Like that's the thing. I don't hate it on principle. I hate the execution. Mm, yeah. You know? That's the problem with this movie. It's all in the execution. Semper Fi, motherfucker. Faithful to the core, John. And speaking of that that last fight between The Rock and and Carl Urban, uh, my most distinct memory of this movie, other than not liking it very much, is the memory of The Rock saying Semper Fi, motherfucker, and jumping down. <laughs> like, I remember being like, what the fuck? What? What? Why? Okay, whatever. Because yeah. you've got it on your back? That's your catchphrase? Yeah, it's weird because he's not sticking to the... They want to do a Burke, which is like he's a company man. The orders are to retrieve the data and, you mm-hmm. know, exterminate the threat. So that's what he's doing. But then when mm. he gets infected, he's going to be like, nah, fuck you. I'm not going to kill myself to continue the mm. mission. I'm going to escape. But yeah. I'm still going to say semperfy and be faithful to the core. And it's like, mm. but you're not being faithful to the core anymore. No. Like, no. That, 
Why do you have that as a character trait? Like, because the people who wrote this movie, thing that like is the one piece of humanity that like stops you in the last second of the thing. Yeah, yeah. No, because the people who wrote this movie think betrayals like that in movies are cool, and they are cool when they're done well. (laughs) They're not cool on principle. They're not cool just on their own. Yeah, and that's what the people who wrote this movie don't fucking understand. Yeah, but it's weird that normally the kind of criticism that I would give a movie to try and constructively make it better wouldn't be like, Mm. give me less plot and more just dumb action. Yeah. But, like, I think it actually would work here. Because all of this shitting aside, there is still a part of me that kind of goes like, "Eh, I I find this movie kind of neat and kind of, I kind of like this still. Sure. Which I don't know why, because it really does stink of, like, the very first Resident Evil movie. Of like, here's yeah, a bunch of Marines even, going down this yeah, really deep yes, elevator underground yes. and there's zombies. It, it, even less charm, though. I feel like the, like I've rewatched, I watched the Resident Evil uh, adaptation far more as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And have rewatched it since, like rewatched it in the last year or so as part of a movie night. And we were shitting on it and there's obviously it's it's immensely flawed, but I didn't find it as revolting as this like no. i find this really which really is weird because i have such an aversion to the resident evil movies mm. and i hate like what they've done and the way that this movie treats the doom mythos is very very similar to that but for some reason mm. it doesn't shit me up the wall as much as the resident evil one yeah sure but sure. i think you're right because the clearly this movie didn't do that well we didn't get seven or eight live action doom movies like mm. we did the resident evil movies the Resident Evil movies are competent enough that the people who don't know that it's based off a video game and don't know what the video game is watches it and goes, that was a movie. That mm. there, that hit A, B, and C. Yeah. That's yeah. a movie. And so they like it for that. And it's only if you actually like know, if you really know, then you hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Where this, yeah. this couldn't even fool the uninitiated in, yeah. into like this, that this was like a successful good movie it, it makes me think of um there's a, a roger ebert quote when he was talking about uh, uh the movie battlefield earth um and he's he's oh, yes. talking about the director and he says the director robert sorry the director roger christian has learned from better films that directors sometimes tilt their cameras but he has not learned why <laughs> that is this movie to a fucking t everything every decision that is made in this movie has been made because it, it happened in better movies yeah yeah yeah, it's 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 almost Gabriel levels of writing a script going, this is what happens in movies. Yes, it absolutely is. Gabriel, holy fuck, that is <laughs> that is a very, very good uh, comparison uh, in terms of stuff we've covered that we can point to. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, so fun little fact for the un- un- uninitiated, like we said, uh, the mm. main scientist, Dr. Carmack, that fucking rips his ear off, mm. uh, named after John Carmack, one of the two of original course. guys that created Doom. Yeah, it's weird that there are things like that and things like the Pinky Demon that they so want to like somehow weave into the plot, but they're spending so much time on this weird different plot where it's like, oh, there was a civilization of humans on Mars originally. Oh, but Mm. they weren't superhumans. It seems like they had a 23rd pair of chromosomes, but it was like a bio, like they they did that themselves. They mutated themselves. (sighs) And turn themselves yep. into superhumans. Yeah. It's such a weird departure from 
the fucking game of just like, yeah, fucking demons came and possessed. Like, yeah, weird go- de- ghost demons came and possessed people and that just turns them into zombies. Mm. Like, we still have zombies that you can do, like, you know, because, yeah, lots of flying around and shooting fireball demons are hard. Hard mm. for a movie. But you can still just have the zombies. I don't know why. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I still find really fucking- I wouldn't say like really charming, but like I really want to give them credit for. And, yeah. you know, like we were saying about when you look at it through the lens of the dog soldiers, you want to be more charitable to it. Mm. There is this like they're doing like a lot of cool practical effects with like monster costumes and and, sure, and yeah. gore and shit. And Doug Jones is in this fucking movie, dude. Yeah. Fucking thing. Another thing that so- someone is beneath. Doug Jones yeah. Yeah. plays the majority of all of the fucking monsters in the suits. And yeah, he is not utilized to his extent because he is fucking master, master of physical performance. And uh, some of the, the funnest behind the scenes is just the stuff of Doug Jones talking about how uncomfortable the suit is and how he can barely move in it. Cause it's like one whole piece Oh and it God. like it like zips up and like all cl- like clips together at the back to hide the zip, and yep. it just makes it so fucking heavy because the mm. entire thing is like resting on his shoulders, mm. and that like there's not proper ear holes, so he can't even fucking hear what people are saying. So the direction like that he's given is not good direction, but he can't even fucking hear the bad direction. <laughs> oh my God. So he's just fucking winging it and just being like, yeah, well, whatever, yeah, like go yeah. over there, face this way, and. Yeah, he's really like blasé and chill about it, and it's really funny. Okay, let me let me make a little bit of a shit sandwich out of this segment because we've been shitting on it for a while. You've mentioned a couple of things you like. One thing, one thing I did like, one positive note I had about this movie, or just a moment in this movie that I went, "That's cool," is when uh, the those eyes peering out of the darkness. Oh yeah, and they at first they're like human, but they're like weirdly like they're, they're really super, glowing. Yeah. yeah, you can like see them really like perfectly in the dark, and then the rest of it comes into. Into into light that that was a very cool effect mm. and a cool moment. Yeah, that's a cool moment. The like the the like the tongue bite on the neck is cool and mm. really visceral. Yeah, sure. uh, yep. Something that is a like not in any of the dooms uh, that they totally just this little thing of sci fi that they came up with themselves is the nano wall. That's a cool yeah, idea. Okay. Yeah, but it's like sure. oh no, it's not like this laser beam. Like when the door is locked, the physical chemistry of that door is a f- solid object. Yeah. And then that coming into catching the, the, the what they call the- The Carmack monster. Dr. Car- mm. Carmack's transformation, like halfway through it, and it's still mm. kind of being alive and twitching and stuff mm-hmm. in the background. That's that's really cool and, and sick and like a creative idea. And, mm. and it sucks that they don't have more of those. Like, yeah, the- the the fact that the rock punches the button on the nano door so hard that it like malfunctions- and so it doesn't want to like close properly and it's in this like phase shifting thing and then bullets ricochet off back off of it and like shoot Carl Urban in the chest is like, <laughs> yeah, nah, you had like one really cool idea with that. Mm. Maybe sit on it longer and, <laughs> and come up with a cool idea for, for more, um for more violence. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe they have been really like trigger happy at the monsters and then there's too many, like zombies when they come back through the arc. So let's get creative and like someone stand at the door and lure them in and we'll chop them in 
into pieces as they yeah. as they go through the doorway or something. Mm. It's all weird. The arc being this like teleportation portal thing, like to that's how they get to Mars for some reason. It's like oh, yeah. there's, it's this one way. But you've got to go like really deep underground first. Yeah. To you, like I, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's, very, it's yeah, very real strange. strange. In the year 2026, archaeologists working in the Nevada desert discovered a portal to an ancient city on Mars. They call this portal the Ark. Twenty years later, we're still struggling to understand why it was built and what happened to the civilization that built it. And the architecture of the of the like the Ark kind of setting as opposed to the Mars setting, I'd forgotten that that last fight took place on Earth, on the Ark, and then, yeah, uh, yeah on Earth, and then he gets sent back to Mars through the Ark. Like, it, it means none of this stuff has any weight. Yeah, you know, yeah. None yeah. of it sticks in your mind, and, and, yeah, it's all just so forgettable. Yeah, it's a pity because so much, so many, like, hallways and corridors and that we're in the sewers, we're in these dark places, we're checking out all of these, like, lab rooms and stuff that's, like, cool for... Like, yeah, start with a bit of suspense and, and you know, sure. But mm. they open a window, like, once in the entire film and you see, like, orange, reddish yeah. glow kind of come through to tell us that we're on Mars. The rest of the time, yeah. like you say, the, the room for the, like, both sides of the arc, the room on Earth and the room in Mars, it's it's the same set. They're just using the same yeah. set. like And because none of it is, like, um, I don't know, they're not creative uh, with their their problem solving, it's like okay, if that's a budgetary thing, work out a way around that, or work out a way to give that context. You know, like the cube uh, set is the same room over and over and over and yep, over and yep. over again. But as we talked at length about, they utilize that and and do something really fucking cool with it. Mm. Again, this is just an, an an impression of a far better of, of of a bunch of far better movies. Um, and if we're at the point where we're putting the other slice of bread on this shit sandwich. Um, a couple of lines that did my fucking head in. Uh, the fact that their surname is Grimm and his code name is Reaper. Reaper. And I, I know, I know there's the line where Carl Evans says, you know, oh, they're not poets, you know, they're Marines, not poets oh. or whatever. But still, fuck you. And the, <laughs> the, the interaction between uh, Rosamund Pike's character and oh, uh, I forgot, I've forgotten his name. Is it Duke? The guy who's like incessantly hitting on her. Yeah. And she, like they play it like she's like, like it's, it's, it's a, charming, a, like, like it's it charming to her? work on her or something. Yeah. yeah, or or that she's like receptive to it, or at least not like appalled by by his advances and the way he goes about it. Like, yeah, God, it's fucking gross, dude. Yeah, yeah. The 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 line having sex with me is your civic duty, and the fact that she doesn't even make even give him a look. Like, did you hear what you just said? Yeah, like yeah. it's it, oh, yeah, it's almost man. it's almost worse coming from Duke because. Like I didn't, I wasn't excusing Portman, the character before, but that character, we know that he's a fucking sleaze bag. He's the fucking slimiest exactly. person you've ever seen. Yeah. When he's like, "Ladies, we're under a level five quarantine, so I am just gonna have to strip search you girls." <laughs> like you expect that from him, but then when like the Duke says it to fucking Samantha, and then yeah. she like doesn't bat an eye at it, you're like, "Yeah." Oh, what? He's supposed Duke's supposed to be a nice guy though, and he's saying this yeah, shit and the yeah. movie's okay with him saying this shit. Again, it's the it's what you said earlier where with Portman you can kind of fathom uh why this character's written this way and that it's got context. It's barely, barely. It's 
paper thin, but it's kind of there. So you can kind of go, okay. But then when this other character starts behaving like that, you just go, you just go, oh, no, you think this is funny or okay or I'm not sure what you think of, of this behaviour, but it's making me uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. I don't like it. It's gross. It's 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 exactly how I described it at the start, ugly, nasty, stupid. Uh, now, I... I I very clearly don't feel charitably towards this movie. Did nothing for me. I didn't really have much fun with it. I, I said at the start, like, there is fun to be had with dumb, nasty, stupid shit. I didn't really have much fun with this, unfortunately. I hope that other people do, you know, in spite of, of all this stuff. It's not too sure. much fun. Not we too much fun. Don't don't, don't be laughing at everything that Duke and Portman says. No, no. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, there is still something there. I don't know why, but there is still something there that I'm like, I kind of, this, is, this sure. isn't the last time I'm ever going to watch this movie. Yeah, no, I'm not, I hope, I, I want to, the reason I'm, I'm saying this is that I don't want to come off as like high and mighty, like nostalgia is a, a fickle mistress. Like I like stuff that is dumb as shit and awful and, you know, people would probably be like, have probably heard me defend, you know, some, some 2000-isms that, you know, they would disagree with. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, um, whereas on on this one, it's it's chock full of two thousandisms that I really really found kind of just grotesque. For sure, I think maybe if you're thinking about on the charitable side of things, and you are a big Doom fanboy, you can look at this movie and go, "Hey, this is like in the top like twenty five percent of all video game adaptation movies. <laughs> like, there is so so far worse things." The bar is on Satan's wine cellar. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That you can really go. Eh. It's not hard to step it's, over it. It's hitting the mark with the atmosphere of Doom Three, even though it sure. wants to be a little bit more ura violent, like original Doom. And mm. yeah, it 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 struggles for that. Yeah, and and they end the film with a Nine Inch Nails track uh, from one of my favorite albums. So I was I was happy to hear that song. Wonderful. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because Nine Inch Nails. I feel like they were involved with. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I think you're right. Trent Reznor had something to do with the. I think it was Doom Three. I don't know if it was original Doom. I'm not sure. That's right. Um, the Quakes nail gun ammo boxes have the Nine Inch Nails logo on them, and he was asked to design some music and sound effects for Quake, uh, and then he, and then he later did the initial sound design for Doom Three, but it was eventually replaced with other material. Oh, okay. That's yeah. interesting because it was still in the like behind the scenes of the Doom Three making of. Well, there's there's one more thing to talk about. Me being the big Doom fan that I am. Oh, go on. I haven't gotten around to this, but this is not the only Doom video game film adaptation. Fuck off, really? Yes, they shat out from what I've heard a almost maybe cheaper Doom film in 2019. Right around the time of Doom Eternal, they chucked out this movie called Doom Annihilation. Oh my god. I feel like that's prime blind spot territory. Prime blind spot or prime beer goggle banter territory? Yeah, dude. maybe both. <laughs> maybe both. Well, hey, that's bang for your buck. Hit us up on Patreon. It's it's a three point seven stars out of ten on the IMDb ranking, and Ooh, Doom two well. Doom two thousand five is a five point two out of ten. Which okay. I'll say, me being fond of it and charitable, I'd say five out of tens fair. That's as much as it's getting. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. 
Maybe more than the movie. Who knows? <laughs> if there's one good thing to come out of this fucking movie, it better be our podcast. It's like we say, we cannot... We're going into this to revisit it. We always recommend that you see the movie, but sometimes it's a stinker and we can't... We don't. We can't give you a refund for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can't be held responsible. No. Until we have that hindsight. If you would like to support the podcast, we always say sharing it word of mouth is the most incredibly helpful thing you can do. Pass it on to mm. a mate. Uh, but if you would like to give us money, like we were some sort of union aerospace corporation <laughs> obsessed with money and, and data, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com forward slash roast into review. Uh, where you can get access to our exclusive series that we just hinted at over there, Big Ogle Banter and The Blind Spot. Links to all of our social media accounts are in the episode description, and you can hit us up on any of those to tell us what you thought of the episode or answer our question of the episode. Do you want me and Connor to make a fan-made Doom film based, <laughs> based on the, the constructive criticism we've given this one? Yay or nay? And if so, that's going to need big, big Patreon bucks. Well, that's a, that's a far better question than I had. I was just going to ask them, what's your favourite Portman uh, one-liner? I, w- I would say, what's your favourite Doom weapon? But there was only like one one Doom weapon in this movie. It was the BFG, which, yeah. again, they're like, you got to have I mean, it. If you, yeah, if you're going to have one. Yeah. I mean, I guess the chainsaw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, chainsaw, true. That is one of the yeah. most iconic things about Doom. You forget it's very iconic in Evil Dead and Resident Evil as well, but it is 100% always been in Doom. Next week, Connor, what are you feeling nostalgic for? All right. I want to, all of this talk of like stupid, crazy ultraviolence that we were pining for, uh, drug-fueled no less, has me wanting to revisit this one uh, right away. I I think this is a good one to bounce off of. I want to hit up, just a, a year later, mind you, I want to hit up the 2006 film Crank. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Hyper hyper violence. Absolutely. Just with a let's, with a name like Crank and Jason Jason Statham. Yeah. Going, let's crank it. <laughs> All right. Well. Awesome. Well, join us next time when we find out whether our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. She's got 24 pairs of chromosomes. Humans only have 23. But what does the extra pair do? Makes her superhuman. The extra pair makes her super strong, super fit, super intelligent. Her cells divide 50 times faster, meaning she heals almost instantly. The fossil record indicates these people had conquered disease. We found no genetic disorders, no viruses, no cancers. So what, they were just naturally superior? No, not naturally. See, the earliest remains we found only had 23. We suspect this extra chromosome may be synthetic. Bioengineered. It's a long word for a marine. Does it ever bother you? You could have spent your life looking in a microscope instead of a sniperscope. If they were so smart, how come they're so dead? We don't know. Maybe they just weren't with time. They don't shield a baby from time.